Hey everybody, welcome back. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2020. 2020. The year of hindsight. That's right. The roaring 20s. We get another one. Another chance to put on, like, tasselly dresses, <laughs> drink gin fizzes, and Negronis. Look, here's my thought. I don't need these 20s to roar. A Negroni's a, like, 20s drink. I it seems so. like a 20s drink. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know? I don't want the 20s. I don't want these 20s Some to absinthe. roar. Absinthe. No, I want these 20s to purr gently <laughs> and affectionately. Yeah, 2018 and 2019 did plenty of roaring. Yeah, there were there was just <clears throat> full-on just screaming and occasional grunting. Yeah. And if we could sure. just, like, maybe mild sighing, uh, yeah. uh, just gentler yeah like a gentle the gentle cooing 20s yeah the teens were really aggressive and i think we could all use a break from the aggression yeah well starting off the new year right we are going to talk to you about rise of skywalker welcome to our real extra edition of rise of Skywalker, so is it just Rise of Skywalker or Rise of the Skywalker? No, it's just Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I believe now you've got me second guessing. I literally looked this up before we got it. Yeah, it's the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, okay. Um, I've confused where <clears throat> the the is. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. We are here to talk about it. Uh, for those who haven't listened to a real extra in the past. We're going to do just kind of a general review that's spoiler-free for the first few minutes. Yes. Um, and then we're going to dive into discussion topics that are more spoilery. We will put a spoiler warning. Um, it'll be loud and annoying. It'll be loud and annoying, and T will probably do the spoiler warning noise, even though I have a specific noise for the spoiler I want warning. to be included. Um, and I'll judge her for it. And yeah, then at time. that point, if you don't want spoilers for Rise, the Rise the of the Skywalker, the, <laughs> then cover all the bases. Then <laughs> just you just need to make sure that you turn it off go see the movie and then come back to it later yes um so let's kick it off and let's you know kick the power converters on and let's dive on into star wars one last time well not i guess not last time but for the skywalker saga, saga one last time uh and talk about the rise of skywalker what'd you think it was my favorite of the three yep so for those who don't know <laughs> Uh, T and I very critical on the first two. Not in so much the same. I've I've never been the type of person that's like I disagree with the choice somebody made. Like I don't think Luke would do that. Like I've never been that kind of guy. Yeah. Um. I've always been in the mindset that if you don't like how like the stories people are telling with Star Wars, then start writing your own and just become a writer. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Like, get out there and be creative. Like, make your own stories if you don't like how it's handled. Um, but I personally feel like the first two movies just weren't very good movie-wise. Now, the this whole trilogy has been highly controversial. The last one's a little less controversial, though there are people really divided. So going forward, I'm going to try not to really reference those first two movies much. Just since there is a lot of, like divisive discussions that have happened that's fair around the last jedi and force wickets um so this will be the only time that i mention it like i said t and i very critical about the first two honestly didn't really like them that much um i, I just didn't hate force awakens i had qualms with force awakens but i didn't hate it yeah last jedi force awakens to me had rewatchability yeah. last jedi i honestly don't care if i ever see it again it, i saw it once and that was enough not worthwhile worse than the prequels in my opinion um yeah just not cohesive storytelling not complex storytelling characters were super flat directing was off lots going on there that i just didn't agree with and again it just didn't feel like this a star is gonna Wars. be yeah this is gonna be the last time that i talk about it but yeah i felt like it was trying too much to define itself instead of focusing on the subject like the source material yeah um anyway but this one i agree best of the three honestly one of the better star wars movies i've seen in a while like i really liked rogue one but rogue one was kind of its own beast um and i still like rogue one better than this one but 
this one just felt super Star Warsy. Like it was fun yeah. and fun and exciting and adventurous and it was good. Yeah, I so a lot of people give hate to the prequels and there's a lot to hate on the prequels. Oh yeah. There's the whole Padme Anakin thing just why is he so creepy? <laughs> but um I there's a lot to hate on him, but one thing you could never argue is that all three of those movies felt very imbued with Star Wars. Mm. Like, they were Star Wars movies. They felt that way. Like, even if you didn't love elements of it, you're like, it's still a Star Wars flick. Mm. And it had some great Star Wars movies. Oh, it had like, some, and some great you know, plot the, stuff. the Jedi fighting in the, like, Genosian arena, and most of the lightsaber fights throughout those movies were great. Darth and Maul. Darth Maul. Um, and Darth Maul. You know, Jango Fett, there was Darth Maul. Um, there was, you know, I mean, people like to poke fun at it, but jumpy, flippy Yoda was fun. And then there was Darth Maul. There was Darth Maul. And, um, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn was a, even though Liam Neeson was really uncomfortable being green screen the whole time, he was still a pretty cool Jedi addition. And, and it gave us the Clone Wars? Yeah, oh, and Darth, Darth Maul. Darth Maul, yeah. Um, oh, you can't forget Darth Yeah, Maul. it gave us the clones. It gave us all kinds of new, like, tech and stuff like that. So, it, General Grievous and, uh, oh, that one guy. Uh, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of good in the um, in the prequels. Like, there was a lot of good Star Wars. Oh, Darth Maul. Oh, um, perfect. Yeah, yep. a lot of good uh, <laughs> Star Warsy stuff in those first movies even if like the overall bits and pieces yeah was gross you know what i mean and like there and was the great plot points was, and great yeah. like like plot development and great character yeah. introductions like that was all well, really there's a lot because, of good like, one of the things people shit on that movie all the time of like those movies and i know we're not talking about rise of skywalker anymore uh but people shit on the prequels all the time because they're like oh they're so green screeny but like they came out during a time when green screening was like the thing. That was the hot ish. Yeah, it was like that's the what you shit did. Was like green, and now we've moved on to like this, you know, where we're just using chroma keys and spaces to give like background elements, but then everything's shot on location. Although, like Avengers movies, like every time there's a new one of those, it's like they're in South Korea. Here's set photos and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, somebody was telling me that I don't know the validity of this. This is literally, I haven't looked into it, but this is literally just something somebody was telling me that like the new thing is they're actually projecting backgrounds onto giant LED screens. Huh. So it's not like a green screen that has to be edited in later. It's just like, poof. This and is I your background now. The Mandalorian they were doing that is oh. here's background, so they're That's on set, cool. and then it's like we need a like, you know, bunch of like rows of buildings in the background. So let's like create one, three D sculpt one, and then like poof, LED screen. That's it. cool, and it makes sense. I mean, we've got yeah. such clarity of LED screens these days. It, it does make again. Sense. I don't know the validity of that. You can fact check me. Fact check the guy from the movie theater that told me that. But, but that's what I'm saying is that, like, the prequels had their flaws, but they were super Star Wars-y. Lucas had his hands all over it, and, like, it had flaws, but you never questioned its place in the universe, in the galaxy, mm -hmm. in the Star Wars canon. I, part of the reason why I didn't love the second, the, the Last Jedi was because it didn't feel like Star Wars at all to me. And I didn't realize it while watching it. Mm -hmm. But when I got home, I got, like, really upset. And I was I was very emotional about it because I'm a big old nerd. And it was because I felt like I got robbed a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. This movie felt so Star Wars to me. Like, from the beginning. I don't even know. Like, opening scenes. I'm sitting there and I'm like, yes. Yes, this is yeah. what I wanted. This is Star Wars. This is how Star Wars feels. There is a tone. There is a, oh, what is the word I'm thinking of? Um, Self-awareness, almost like facetiousness to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Like, Star Wars knows it's hot shit. Like, Star Wars knows that it does crazy stuff. Yeah. And you're going to love it because we tell you to. I want that arrogance from my Star Wars yeah, movies. And when a movie opens and it's just like, hey, we're doing this stuff and you're going to like it. And we're a little coy about it. And it's great. Yeah. And you're here for it. Yes. 
Yes, I am. That's what I want. Yeah. There is there is a certain arrogance that is given to every Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And when he was no longer a part of them, it went away from that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a key factor to Star Wars-ness. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like J.J. brought that cockiness back. Yeah. And it, it just felt better. Like, <laughs> it just felt better. Yeah, with an extent in the first one and definitely in the second one, the creators went into it, you know, both directors, writers, cinematographers went into them, like, trying to mold a modern movie into a Star Wars movie. So trying to, like, here's a modern movie, you know, because you couldn't, like, come out with New Hope today. People would no. be like, what is this old-fashioned? Like, I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched those recently. Yes. <laughs> like, they're great, and we love them because they're Star Wars, but they're just steeped in, like, late 70s, early 80s, like, a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. aesthetic and storytelling. Like, it's just there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can tell. It's timed. It aged well, but it's very, like, okay. But a um, lot of it aged well because of who's in it. Yeah, that's fair. If it weren't um, those three, it yeah. may not have aged well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the first, the, the prequels, like, they are very steeped in their, like, early millennium, you know, 90s technology stuff. and blockbuster mentality is becoming pretty much the dogma of movies. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know you're a big movie when you have green screens. You know, like, that's becoming the discourse, and you can tell with those movies. It's why they um, lean so heavy into Coruscant. Yeah, and so I feel like with these, like, the first two of this trilogy, it was very much like, we're going to make a movie with modern sensibilities and then make it a Star Wars movie. That's a great way to say but that. But the way it should have been done is make a Star Wars movie... And then fill it with modern sensibilities. Stuff for modern audiences. Yeah. And that's what Rogue One did. That's what The Mandalorian has done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's what I feel like this one did. I feel like it was just a Star Wars movie. The plot was very acceptable Star Wars wise. Yep. Like, it was very approachable. The point A to B of the story was very visible and clear. And it was all just based on, it wasn't, you know, a bunch of people arguing or, you know, what I've slowly come to, and I need to go back and watch it so that I can formulate this theory because it's been a long time since I watched it. But with The Last Jedi, a lot of it is built around this concept of people being really negative and someone trying to force optimism in. And that's just kind of like yeah. the plot is like optimism in the face of like pessimism, like huh. hope, yeah. quote unquote, or love, quote unquote, even if you don't feel it. You know, and while that's a good message, when you have a movie that's just, you know, completely draped in people being absolutely negative and arguing and being harsh with one another, then, like, it's hard to have a sense of adventure and fun with yeah, that, you know? that's a good point. Um, but this one, you know, the story felt fun. The characters and their relationships felt more, you know, fleshed, gr- grounded and fleshed out. Yeah. Characters themselves felt more complex, yeah. um, multi-leveled. And yeah, I just, I think it felt more like a Star Wars movie because it was that sense of adventure forward. And then, you know, the things that modern audiences might connect to were put in later, you know, on top of this already, like, here's a Star Wars adventure story. Yeah. You know. And this movie did something really well that I really appreciated. Two things, technically. One, it didn't introduce any concept that wasn't feasible within the Star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if they introduced something we'd never seen before, it made sense in context of what we have seen before mm-hmm. in Star Wars. They didn't just, yeah. like, pull something out of their ass. Yeah, like, for instance, for me, I read a bunch of spoilers <coughs> before going into this because I couldn't resist. Yeah. And when I read the spoilers, as bullet points. I was like, meh. Mm, uh, that doesn't seem great. Meh. But then the delivery of it. It makes and how sense. how it was set up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the I'm context actually works. And, like, I it, it, I feel like there are going to be people who are like, you, we've never seen this before. This is outside the realm of the Force. And I can be like, I feel like I could justify everything done in this movie 
by using source material from stuff that's already existed, whether it's the prequels, whether it's the original trilogy, whether it's Clone Wars and stuff. Well, and, I feel like yeah. I have a way. Or even, <clears throat> particularly, this might be a little extra nerdism, but I feel like they actually utilize some of the Fantasy Flight RPG game yeah, maybe. to yeah. kind of emphasize stuff like yeah. like stuff happens and i feel like some people would be like we've never seen that before and i'd be like that's in the rpg book yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, i've seen that what's up maybe jj <laughs> and his son play that i don't know um but i mean and that's the thing about something like this you know what i mean is that you don't have to justify it you know what i mean like you shouldn't have to you know star wars is one of those franchises that is just fun cinema yeah and there shouldn't be any point where the movie is trying too hard to justify why something's happening right you know what i mean it's just like oh this is happening now here's the facts there it is look at it go and you move on and that ties into that lucas arrogance yeah which you need to build a fictitious world like this mm. i also like that this movie 100 percent filled in plot holes that had bothered me since force awakens okay i just wanted nice. that We'll hit on those more specifically starting now. So we're going to go ahead and throw up the spoiler warning. Spoiler alarm is sounding. Um, this is your chance to turn this. Are you going to do it? Wee, you wee, look like you're wee, dying. Wee, yeah, yeah. Wee, I have She's to be sitting involved. Sitting over there like sweating from the eyes trying to Let resist. Let me be involved. Doing the wee-oo wee-oo. Even wee, though the wee-oo wee-oo wee is pre-recorded. Anyway, we won't get into this on the don't you dare. <laughs> so anyway turn this podcast off if you don't want this movie spoiled for you uh if you have seen the movie or you don't care about spoilers we're gonna get into more specifics uh starting now so t i know you have a couple of points um i'm gonna start off by saying because uh, i really only have like one point that i wanted to bring in yeah go for it um the real only thing that bothered me about this movie okay is the treatment of poe yeah i could see that so there's various things obviously i was in the camp that was shipping fen poe i really wanted poe to God, end up yes being, being a gay Best character. couple ever or honestly just a non-sexed character like i yeah. don't know why and that's i guess two things that bother me about this movie is that i felt like there was way too much of an emphasis on like character sexuality or romance um, yeah um, leave it out i don't care yeah so you know, the Poe, like, hey, you want to go bang to Carrie Russell's character? Didn't really need it. You know don't what I mean? Don't appreciate like, it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really need you, like, being like, hey, don't worry. He's straight. He's straight, guys. Hey, hey toxic you know? fanship over there. He's straight. All right, guys. <laughs> we cool? We're good. Um, We're good, guys. But I really don't like, like, I guess, and it, it was them correcting one of the quote-unquote mistakes of The Last Jedi. And honestly, it felt like the biggest point... I had a lot of people being like, yeah, it's just a pissing contest between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams. This was the only point that I felt like it was really sent home yeah. was, you know, we had a carryover. Like in the first, in Force Awakens, Poe is very kind, very friendly. Kind of sensitive. Very bubbly, kind of sensitive. Like he's really like friendly and approachable. And then in Last Jedi, he's turned into kind of an ass. Yeah. And that carried over. He was kind of an ass in this. Yeah. So obviously, like, J.J. didn't mind Ryan's interpretation of Poe. But then for when uh, Leia dies and Poe gets made general, that was a little bit much for me. You know, we yeah. were literally talking about the guy who got passed over and, like, almost mutinied practically and got people killed and hurt in literally the previous movie and it could be that the resistance is just the you know so thin that there's so tiny now nobody left but i just don't i can't believe that there's nobody left above poe or at poe's level that could have taken over and it just felt very much like a hey toxic fans who didn't like that we didn't let poe be general last time you know, Laura Dern instead of letting Poe be Admiral. But uh, don't worry, he's general now. He's in charge. He's the dude in charge. And I like that they made him be like, oh, crap. He was like the dog catching the squirrel. He, like, finally got it and was like, what do I do with it? I can't handle this. <laughs> but I just, like, 
at no point has Poe showed himself as the person that Leia would make her successor. No. And even in this movie, he, he and Leia, as far as I know, had no interaction. I tried to think of it like today. I was like, did they even interact in this movie? I don't think they did. Not um, like one on one. And I, I don't and part think, of that like, might directly. be because of the unfortunate of what happened to Carrie Fisher. Right. But um, I don't remember them interacting in this movie. And, you know, hell, I'd be less surprised by her making C-3PO the new acting general. Honestly. Than yeah. Poe. Like, it just felt, it felt very forced to be like, here, angry fans, he's general now. I was a little mad that they didn't give it to Lando. Yeah. I feel like Leia would have been like, the person I trust the most, the person who's always made things yeah. happen for me. Yeah, it's Lando. Well, if I remember the time right, Lando shows up a little after shows up she goes. After she but goes, but like he could have come because she died. Like, yeah, but it could have been like, hey, you need to get yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, they could, have, they could have reworked the story, and you know. But anyway, that that in my opinion, that's one of the like most glaring kind of annoyances of this movie. Yeah, there was various other things. Like I said, I didn't like that they really had to just like hammer home everyone's like romantic you know proclivities and whatnot uh i didn't like the whole like finn trying to tell ray that he's force sensitive just so jj abrams has something to talk about on the press circuit type of thing that was dumb that was really kind of annoying um that's a very jj thing to do though to add this like little ambiguity so that he has something that keeps him in the it's news it's super arbitrary too because finn yeah. is forced into the whole dang he time. knows what he's doing he's just branding you know what yeah. i mean like he just that way he stays in the in the what is it called in the um i guess discourse it's not the word i'm looking for there's spotlight there's some sort of <laughs> word for when people are talking about you um but you know he so he puts in these little like ambiguities and like things that leave like unimportant questions you yeah. know so like this one it was finn being like ray i've got something to tell you and they just never got the chance and he right. was gonna so everyone was like he's gonna confess his love but jj gets to be like nope he was gonna tell her that he's force sensitive and it's like great cool you know but I liked um, the idea of him telling her that he loved her because that would have been continuity yeah. from the first one and cleared up the whole, like, Rose thing. Yeah. and uh, Heaven you know, forbid you clarify. Again, I'm not, like, the type of person to really be like, you know, I don't agree with this decision with my with that you made with your IP, you know what I mean? But the whole Poe thing just really felt we shouldn't nurture that kind of I agree. mentality yeah, we, I know. we shouldn't nurture because it may just be the creators of this one being kind of skittish deaf or blind to the overall situation but like the real people like the real center of the people that were complaining and this isn't everybody i'm not if you're the type of person that was like poe should have been made you know put in charge after what happened to leia in you know the last jedi instead of laura dern it should have been poe instead of laura dern if you're like fundamentally just believe that because you like poe or <laughs> your own opinions about the story or whatever it might be or you felt you know introducing a new character was a bad choice whatever it might be um that's fair this doesn't apply to you that's a fair argument but one of the loudest voices in that argument was unfortunately the anti-inclusionary people yep you know what i mean it's yep. the people that poe is the man and she was a and woman laura dern is the woman and that's not cool you know it's the yeah. same people that don't like that you know in the whole interaction between laura dern and poe admittedly like there's arguments to be made about uh and i don't remember laura dern's character uh like i don't remember her name um i don't either but you know between the admiral and poe there's definitely like there was a point where it probably would have been better and smarter for her to take this very charismatic well-respected has a knows a lot of people in the resistance mm-hmm. guy aside and just be like look i have a plan chill out i'm not feeding it to you because we might have a mole but just trust me you know what i mean and yeah. try to gain his trust as opposed to really just being antagonistic yes but at the same time that was there was view. this element of 
Poe kind of just pulling the I'm a dude card I'm allowed to know and there are people who watch that movie and feel that way like he's the dude he should be allowed to know that is he should be in charge and those people I feel like won because of J.J. Abrams choice yeah I also I also don't like like Poe I feel like in the first in Force Awakens he kind of played and leaned into a little bit of the homosexuality i feel like he leaned into thinking you know this is my vision of poe and then ryan was like no this is my vision of poe and then jj kind of looked at him like actually i like ryan's version more than i like your version so we're going with ryan's version and i don't there's definitely a shift in poe's character between the first movie and the second he went from like my favorite Um, character to like my least favorite i agree they they I don't know. I, I really liked how friendly and kind of, you know, he was that friendly adventurer. He was like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. He was more Brendan Fraser in The Mummy than he was like. Well, Brendan Fraser in The I was going to say that, but if you remember, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy was very like surly and didn't really like a lot of people. He seemed really fun in the second one. No, he still was kind of, kind of didn't really. He's like just people. so cute. I can't even tell. <laughs> I get distracted. Yeah, there's so many pretty people in that movie. But it, you know, he was charismatic. He was fun. He was nice. He was kind. Um, and then I feel like later on they just kind of turned him into the arrogant flyboy, and I. But it wasn't like a redeemable arrogant flyboy like Han Solo. It was like literally thinks he's better than you yeah. pretentious flyboy more than anything. yeah pretentious and is a really i've read the word. comics and in the comics they very much keep his personality like the first movie huh for most of the comics that i read i dropped out eventually and i don't know i don't know why the decision was made to make him into this like constantly panicked really stressed out like kind of an a-hole yeah that they made him into but jj took and ran with it and he's just kind of a fine. butthole and i'm not here for yeah. it so, I have a couple things that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. but they're positives, in nice. my opinion. Cool. So, the first one that I want to bring up is um, Kelly, Mitro- bleh, Kelly Marie Tran, um, yep. her Rose. Um, there's a lot of hate going on on the internet about mm-hmm. how her character is not visible enough on screen for yes. long enough. And technically, I mean, she's only on screen for 76 seconds. Yes. Total. So, like... I can see how on paper that seems exclusionary. Yeah. But in the context of the movie, it's not. Mm-hmm. She, they put her at base as Leia's right-hand man. Yep. They put her at base, basically running the show. Someone who used to be just like lowly engineer, just picking up crap in the bottom of the ships to like, helping lead everything with the top brass of the rebellion she's like running the show and they there's an a moment in the beginning where poe's like i think it's poe it may have been finn is like hey last chance to get on with us and she's like no i have to stay here i have responsibilities and i really liked that because i personally felt like i didn't love rose's character in last jedi because i feel like they made her superficially happy she was the like let's force optimism into finn's negativity yeah she danced on the naive yes yes and i don't love that because it's a freaking war yeah she's seen people die yeah like stop leaning her sister died yeah why are we leaning into this like ah crap i'm not here for that and in this one she kind of buttons up a little bit and she's like I've got I got shit to do. Well, it's cool. I gotta make things get done. I gotta take care of this base. I feel like she has. If you look at you know this movie and what happened to her in the last movie, like she saved Finn's life and did a bunch of super heroic things and effectively got promoted. When we met her, she was like working below deck and was yeah. this like quiet mechanic person, and it just was. And she went on her adventure with Finn and she saved him from, you know, sacrificing himself. And yeah, there was the kind of cheesy, like, love angle that was going on. But that was 
Ryan's movie. It happens. Um, but, you know, what we get now is, yeah, we don't get a lot of screen time with Rose because Rose is busy being a bad bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Rose is kicking ass. She's, you know, she worked her way up in this military organization, in this group fighting for freedom. She worked her way up by being heroic and strong and smart to a position of power. And, like, yeah, she's not gallivanting and doing the adventuring stuff. Because what people don't realize is that while, you know, the adventuring stuff is the gambit to, like, try to end everything, there's still a war going on. Yep. We don't see the other fronts yeah. or the logistics of, like, hey, we have an incursion on this planet to try to rescue these slaves from the First Order. Oh, shit, things went wrong. We need to coordinate a rescue with, you know, like, yeah. it's... There's, I think, and this is kind of a, I feel like it's a bigger problem with these movies because of how big the, and, but the, even the first few movies kind of had this where like, it's rarely ever shown the scope of the war. Yeah. Because we're so focused in on the adventure that we're seeing of these few characters. The video games does a, do a much better yeah. job. If you, if you do partake in the comics and the video games and role-playing games and you know various yeah. other tv shows then you get a better idea of like the breath. just how much is going yeah. on but what we always see is we see like a few members of the command so like a few members of the head of the beast and then the like adventure party and that's all we get yeah but what we don't realize is that you know like leia is coordinating all sorts of different things and you know uh rose is probably coordinating all sorts of different things and uh what is carrie fisher's daughter's name in like in real life in real life billy, billy lord billy lord billy lord yes. billy lord her character's probably coordinating all sorts of different things she pops up from time to time yeah. and you know random chick that ends up kissing another chick because inclusion i guess thanks jj um she less than a second she's probably doing a bunch of other stuff so like all these people in this command like this is command yeah like leia is the head yeah and so wherever she is is command and they're issuing commands to other commands which are issuing to commands to other commands which are issuing commands out to other things yeah so like i feel like that's what really created an environment where this argument about rose can happen because i guess it's the expectation or the understanding that you know finn and poe and ray and bb8 and dio and babu frick and c3po they're all out doing adventure cool stuff and important things and everyone in the jungle is just running around making sure x-wings are clean and yeah. it's like that's not it that's not, that's it not at how all. that works you know what i mean like yeah. they're trying to coordinate they're trying to they've got ground troops elsewhere they've probably got other people reconning stuff you know and like i said the first with the exception of a few moments where you get to see like war rooms and stuff you know yeah you don't really get an idea of the breadth yeah, of all this you don't or like in uh the first few when you know like in the first trilogy when they mention like the bothan spies you know, many Bothans died for this knowledge. So, like, there were Bothan spies helping yep. the rebellion. That was its whole other thing while Luke and his party were doing this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. With the Rogue One yep. was happening whole other while thing. Luke Skywalker shit was happening. Rogue One was going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so. then, like, even in, a, even in a minimalist, like, perspective. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for Rose to go with them because yep. you don't need two engineers. Yep. Ray's an engineer. Ray is the one who is fully aware of the Millennium Falcon. She knows it inside out. She knows every piece part. That's why she and Poe start getting into it. The yep. minute he lands, she's like, you're not supposed to do that because it's not prepared for that because it doesn't have this and this is broken. This is not working. And like they go out because she is the engineer. She is well, the mechanic. So yep. like... Why would you send Ray, who's Jedi and engineer, and Poe, who's the flyer, and Finn, who's the gunman, also with another engineer who 
is not really going to be serving an additional purpose. There's no logic there. Mm -hmm. It's a war. You have to utilize your resources to the best. So are you going to send her on the one ship with the best mechanic you already have so that she's just chilling? Or are you going to leave her at base with all of the other freaking ships? Well, even if she's like, like, even if she's, yeah, even if she's doing mechanic stuff, even whether she's in a command role now. She could be head engineer. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, she could be head, like, she's like the gunnery sergeant. She's in charge of, like, equipment and shit or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or the quartermaster, I mean. Um, you know, she could have some sort of, you know, still mechanics based role, but, you know, ultimately one thing to remember too, is that Leia believes in Rey and Finn and Poe in being able to achieve what they want to achieve, but that sentiment might not be settled with everybody. There might be people that are more pragmatic and are like, we need to win a war. We need to be here winning a war not gallivanting around the galaxy trying to find some mystical sith artifact so that we can find the dead emperor palpatine and stop his sith ghost there are still people who are hesitant that the force is real yeah it's true there are still people (laughs) with jedi walking around being like no trick of the light she's floating because gravity's weird on this planet she's on (laughs) She's on an acrylic base. It's all it's just fine. It's just Chris smoke Angel and mirrors. BS. So I do agree that you know it would have been nice for Rose to have more, more time, screen time. You know, but I don't think, I think it invalidated over, her character. I think people are overlooking the fact that we didn't find Rose cleaning out a toilet and then she disappeared for the rest of the thing. Right. We didn't. It wasn't like when we first found Rose, where she was below deck, kind of hiding away from everybody. You know, and then she disappeared forever. It's she's in some sort of important command position she is talking directly to the head commander of the resistance interacting with her regularly and feels that her position there is important enough that she tells the adventurers no yeah so while it would have been nice for her to go on the adventure it realistically would have been like honestly it would have cheapened her character because it would have made her seem more naive or irresponsible yep and realistically the only way that she would have gone on it is if she were like dotely following finn like oh finn i love you i'm coming with you exactly and it's like would you rather have that or you know and i get it like we need to fight for inclusion but at the end of the day we had a movie that focused entirely around you know a black main character a female main character yeah you know we had whatever babu frick is (laughs) yes um awesome that's Um, that's the summary of what babu frick is yeah awesome you know at one point the heroes are rescued by another black main character like the inclusion is happening but we can't that happens twice yeah we can't (laughs) constantly fight over like numbers number crunching sometimes it's got to be quality over quality there has to be or and you know you got an asian female character who didn't do whatever it takes to make a man validate her yep lived her own life yep achieved an important rank in what she believes in yep by her own merits and her own qualities and chooses that over being irresponsible over gallivanting or love or romance or naivete like she chooses to be a powerful responsible person yeah and 76 seconds of that is better than you know the entirety of the twilight saga boom (laughs) a burn i don't know perfect but i dig it i was getting nervous when we started talking inclusionary stuff because we're two white people but like i get it there needs to be inclusion oh yeah i am 100 percent in support of inclusion i just want it to be done right yeah validating the characters properly it's exactly well you said you mentioned like quality over quantity the mandalorian yeah the very first episode the most like respected valued character we're introduced to is the female mandalorian who is building the armor she is yep. respected. She is the leader of the clan. She is like, you know, HBIC. Mm-hmm. I would rather have like five minutes of her in that 
than have an entire, like, full story arc, full episode, full multiple episodes of some chick who just, like, tra-la-la, I'm, g- I'm in love with Amanda. Like, or, I like, want is value. constantly in danger. You yes. know what I mean? Which. Living in a fridge. We're, we're like, three episodes behind still, but so far I haven't seen a single damsel. Nope. You know? Damn even, straight. Even the, you know, the mom of the village that he, like, helps. Rescue, you know, yeah. Support them. You know, helps them fight against the, like, thugs. Like yeah, that yeah, other, yeah. That gang. Like, even her, she is the best shot in the whole village. Like, she's the only one that knows how she's to She's a total badass. She, like, grabs her kid and hides under that basket when they first invade <laughs> the village and stuff like that. She, she's a total badass. Total badass. You know what I mean? She's the exact type of character that would be a damsel. And isn't. And isn't. But the problem is, and it's similar to the Rose thing, is that there's people that are crying foul about, you know, the inclusion of women in this show. And I feel like people just need to take a breath, analyze it. Yep. And then be like, oh, okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Maybe the inclusion is better. Than what I initially, because I feel like people have a knee-jerk reaction to stuff. Yep. Rose Tico wasn't in this enough. What the f? Look at the quality and of it. And then they freak out and do articles and stuff. And it's up to people that kind of have taken time to analyze it and understand it a little bit better to go to those people and say, "Look, it's not as bad as you're making it out to be." Yeah. Like, yes, she was only in it for seventy-six minutes or seventy-six seconds or something like that. Yeah. But like. Look at what she did. Look, Look at the at value who of she it. She was. What was her character? Look at how she represented. Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you know, seventy-six seconds. It's not long, but like, there was a lot going on in that movie, and there was a lot focused in that movie that wasn't focused at the command center. So maybe you would have gotten a cheaper character with more weaknesses if she had gone in the adventure. You know. Yep. So I don't know. I just. I guess the message is again another anti-toxic fanship. Just like don't knee-jerk react. Yeah. Like, look at it, analyze it, and you know, be offended by more complex things instead of just like screen time. Yeah. That's just a very like cheap thing to be offended by. Anyway, what's your next point? <laughs> I have one more point that I want to talk about. And it's again rather controversial for the movie. Yeah. Um. So. As you know, if you have seen the movie and thus are listening to our spoilery section, Ray is a Palpatine. Yes. There are a lot of people who are really, really mad about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a better option than to make her a Palpatine. And here is why. Mm-hmm. I thought about this today and I was like, man, people are really mad about this. And I actually even saw somebody online... Somebody on Twitter was like, yeah, I'm so disappointed that she was a Palpatine. I'm really, like, I hate the Chosen One narrative. And at that moment, I wanted to be like, okay, have you seen Star Wars Wars? before? Do you know what Star Wars is about? Because that's literally the whole flipping point of Star Wars is the Chosen One narrative. They kind of, like, refined it into perfection. Just saying. But part of what I love about her being a Palpatine I didn't want her to be a, a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I understand that this is the quote-unquote Skywalker saga. The first trilogy is about a Skywalker. The prequels were about a Skywalker. And it would have admittedly made sense if they made her a Skywalker. But to me, making her a Skywalker cheapens her fight against her personal demons and her personal inclination toward the dark side. And I actually feel that same way about if her parents truly were nobody, her grandparents truly were nobody, if she were just some schlub Mm -hmm. from Jakku who just, like, existed in sand until she suddenly could float. I, I think there is something to be said about changing the value of the narrative. There is something to be said about how much she had to fight to become mm-hmm. light side. Like, yep. if you think about it, like, if you're just some schmo, 
okay, yeah, it might be hard to be light side, but no harder than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But if you're force sensitivity, clearly we've seen that force sensitivity and like the proclivity for light side is mildly genetic. Leia and Luke are both very force sensitive and both very light side because even at the end, Anakin had a lot of proclivity toward dark side, but ended up redeeming himself and being light side and having a stupid force ghost dancing with the Ewoks and all that crap. Like, clearly there is something we said about Skywalkers Mm -hmm. that their proclivity is light side. Yeah. And most of the time they demonstrate that light side is very like, if you believe in love, you're going to be in the light side. If you believe in, in peace and hope and equality and balance and like it's the bad people who are dark side like they lean into that yep so then if she is related and directly bloodline to palpatine yep dark side is her nature Mm -hmm. and the fact that she overcomes it and the fact that she chooses to be light side means so much more and hammers home the whole like thing the whole point of this trilogy which was you decide your own destiny mm-hmm. you make your own decisions you carve out your own journey your own path yep. and if that's the case how much harder did she had to carve being a palpatine yeah you know i like, like um, come on i really liked that she was a palpatine i think it was a cool um just a cool revelation like it was one of those spoilers that i saw that i was kind of like but i i think it worked seeing Um, it it works with the and with the overall palpatine plan because it it connects the whole end back to the prequels because anakin's like you go all the way back to the first one anakin is found he's part of a prophecy he's gonna bring balance to the force and you know then eventually obi-wan's like you're supposed to bring balance to the force not destroy it blair they kill off all the jedi he kills off all the younglings and it's kind of like yo what balance has he done flash forward to you know the original trilogy we start to like with that idea that concept in mind we start to think oh well maybe the balance is that you know now luke's here maybe luke's the one that's supposed to bring balance you know what i mean maybe that's where the balance is but then flash forward all the way to this and the balance exists in that there's i forget what they call it i forget the word they use but you've got kylo and ray who are descendants from realistically as far as we know the only two force remaining people like strong lineages yes strong force lineages left in the galaxy palpatine talks about how generations of sith live within him so obviously the force is something that can be siphoned into like a line you know what i mean so the balance is that you have these two characters that are from these two lineages and one is going to funnel all this like sith you know yep and the other is gonna funnel all the jedi and even though Kylo gets corrupted and doesn't get to be that part of that binary, uh, Ray does. Yep. You know, and Palpatine's whole thing is like, you're going to strike me down and all this Sith juice is going to go into you. But it's Luke that triggers in Ray, putting all the Jedi into her. So mm-hmm. the balance is that literally because Anakin wiped out, you know, took part in wiping out all the jedi eliminating it to where there was only two lineages left yep now it's just two and that's balance that's it you know what i mean it's perfectly balanced between the skywalker and the palpatine lines you know jedi exist in one kylo effed it up (laughs) (laughs) you know uh the sith exist in the other and i really like it's a shame that uh mark hamill luke skywalker didn't get more kind of time to really be because when you think about it he's kind of the hero of this whole thing it's another showdown between luke and palpatine yeah in that palpatine is the front of generations of sith and luke is the one that connects ray to these generations of jedi yep 
you know and yeah. while i hate jedi narratives i really just <laughs> am tired of them it was a cool way of kind of bringing that balance back and then you've got kylo and ray exist as this like i forget the word but it's this like binary it's like a and duality that's how yeah duality that's how they're able to you know communicate over long distances and in this movie we even see them like able to like physically manifest in each other's presence they like physically yeah. affect the surroundings and, it's um, super cool it's super cool and what the reality <laughs> is is that palpatine was able because ray got hidden so well palpatine was able to get snoke to corrupt kylo but like ben was supposed to be the generations of jedi and Rey was supposed to be the generations, generations of, of Sith. Sith. But their roles got switched because of Palpatine's kids hiding Rey. Yep. So he gave up on her, found Ben Solo just chilling in a Jedi place, sent his little Snoke clones out to, you know. Which, awesome, awesome plot filler. Yeah, to work out their, their nonsense. It also, I liked that, and this is super random but i liked the snoke clone thing oh so because good. the running theory for snoke for a long time was that he was darth plagas which oh. is the was darth sidious's master the one who learned how to like live pat use sith powers to live on yeah and the one that he tells the tragedy of darth plagas at the ballet or whatever to <laughs> right? Anakin. and it in the comics, we saw Darth Plagueis, and he looked like Snoke. So uh... it still is Darth Plagueis. Oh. Darth Sidious, Palpatine, created Snoke to look like his old master as probably some, like, perverted, like... Homage. Yeah, to the man that he murdered. Oh, that's so... Oh, it's excellent. Yeah. Oh, it's excellent. I love it. So. Now, I'm going to do just... One line. This is not going to take long. This is going to take a minute. Yeah, because we got to wrap. <laughs> but I just, I have to say it because I have to put it in the ether. Chris disagrees with me. He's going to argue with me. He's going to sigh really hard. But I have to say it out there. I don't like the Kylo and Ray kiss because technically I think they're related because if you look oh, at it. Oh, my God. Ray oh, is, a, oh. is a Palpatine. I'm going to say it and I'm allowed to say it. Ray is a Palpatine. Kylo uh -huh. is a descendant from Anakin who was force made. He was a force baby. They said he was a force baby. He was like force implanted. And I think it was by Palpatine. Boom. They're related. They cousins. That's such a bizarre theory. I don't know how you came up with it. Cousins. If somebody gave you that theory, <laughs> I hope they're in prison. Cousins. Um, they're not cousins, T. I don't like that they kissed because I don't know why it needed to happen. Yeah, it was gross um, and unnecessary and it felt weird. Yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, yeah, it was weird. I I have marginal qualms with the whole Kylo redemptive thing. Because, like, yes, Darth Vader had a redemptive moment. But when you look at his redemptive moment, it was, I'm saving my son. Which was always his plan. Which was always his plan. He was going to kill the Emperor with his son, and the two of them were going to rule. His son was always a part of this. Yeah. You know, he had this emotion towards his son. But Kylo, it's like, I want to be good. And now he's good. Dude, you killed so many people. Yeah. You were a bad dude. You know, it would be like if, you know, towards the end of World War II, Hitler was just like, woo, America. No. Hey, guys, my name's John Hitler. I'm here to help <laughs> you win this war. That's not how this works. <laughs> you wow, can't just, what happened? Like... Yeah, it's, it's like. No. Dude, you've killed. This movie opens with you just slaughtering an indigenous people. <laughs> I would have been more okay like, if he, like, so he effectively becomes good after Mama dies because Mama's like, Ben, and then dies. And he's like, oh, crap. I would have been so much happier, admittedly, if he had just, like, taken his lightsaber, thrown it, and then been like, I'm going to go live in the woods now. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to fight yeah. for the good because yeah. I'm not. But Dude, I'm like, not going to fight for the evil anymore. I'm like out. What like, Asajj Ventress does is yes. that she gets, oh, she gets disillusioned to the way of the Sith. And so she goes off on her own and becomes a bounty hunter. But, like, she doesn't inherently become good, but she wants some sort of redemption. But it takes time. And she yeah. works towards it. And she hangs out She's with Boba like, Fett. 
it's not just like whoops i'm good now personality shift you know no. what i mean to the extent where you know the kiss grosses me now grosses me out not just because i'm one of those people that really believes movies need less like trying to shoehorn relationships Romance. um but also because like dude ray you just kissed a genocidal maniac yeah willingly she's she's like let's do this you know like she's all about it and like cool you guys have like mind tormented each other quite a bit and like been connected through the force but like he's murdered a lot of people she just just really wanted to be like legally married into the skywalkers and he was really like her last option (laughs) Maybe she's one of those I can change them kind of guys. Oh God! You. Oh. Uh, anyway, uh, he's dead now, so who cares? He's a ghost. So any Ugh. any closing thoughts on Rise of Skywalker? I really enjoyed it. Like I felt I left very like pensive. Like, oh, am I gonna be upset about this? But I wasn't. I really enjoyed it. I still yep. really enjoy it. Every time I hear somebody kind of like bitch about some other element i'm like well let me think about this critically and i've been able to like rationalize most of it and i'm pretty happy with that like i am a firm believer that i can if i can head cannon something away then i'm okay with it yeah and a lot of this i've been able to just head cannon it away be like nope this is how it is in my head and it still fits within the logic of the movie and that's what i'm sticking to can we get- cousins <clears throat> I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't know where she got that from. Cousins. I, I'm going to have to have a talk with her friend's parents. <laughs> um, my closing thought is that if we do not get a Lando Calrissian and cool ex-stormtrooper chick gallivant throughout the galaxy trying to find cool ex-stormtrooper chick's parents movie... I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, that's that that has to happen. That has Disney Plus written all over it, and I want it. I want the adventures of Lando and Chick, whose name I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so here for it. I can't yeah. even handle it. Like, make it so. A make it so. Full on, like, light speed hopping, cape wearing, gender fluid person of color space epic. Here's what I have to say to that. Here's what I have to say to that. I want it, and I have spoken. (laughs) Fair enough. So thank you for listening. That is our overall thoughts on Real Extra. What did you guys think um, about Rise of Skywalker? Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Let us know. Everyone's open to their own opinions. You're allowed to feel how you want to feel 100 honestly i'm just excited that i like this one because it's no fun not liking a movie but sometimes it just happens it's true sometimes you just don't gel with a movie and that's fine that's okay um be nice to each other as you continue your discussions online though the one thing to remember is that nobody likes a toxic fan and we really need to do whatever it takes to cut down on toxic fanship if you didn't like it or if you did like it and you meet somebody who feels the opposite way, be respectful of their opinion and hell, talk to them and try to figure out what they didn't like. Be critical. You might find things about the movie you didn't like and they might find things about the movie that they did. And ultimately having open, cooperative discourses about media and about art are the way that we continue letting media and art be an open and inclusive experience and it doesn't shut out and just become a corporate money machine. Disney owns everything. It's true. So, thank you for listening. Uh, if you made it through the whole thing, if you want more Cover B, including past real extras, uh, you can check us out online at coverbpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Where can they do that, T? You can do that at Cover B Podcast. We'd love to hear your opinions and how you felt, and if you disagree with us or agree with us, or if you are fully on board that they're cousins. They're not cousins. They're not cousins. We also have merch on our website. <laughs> I'm going to make a shirt that just says cousins. No, I don't know how you came up with this theory. It bothers me so much. It doesn't make any sense. It does, and they're cousins. Uh...
if you are excited about more Cover B, well, you won't have to wait long. We have another episode, our normal weekly episode, coming out on Saturday. And we're actually going to have another real extra episode coming out next week, next Wednesday. For the Mandalorian! For the Mando. We're going to get you all caught up. So um, much more Star Wars! I know we're hitting a lot of the real extras later than we usually do, but holidays, heh, sucks. It happens. Um, so we weren't able to catch Rise of the Skywalker until late, and we weren't able to finish up Mandalorian until late, but heh. That doesn't matter. What does matter is that we're going to get you the content that you guys want. That's right. So let us know. Tell us on Facebook. Tell us on Twitter. Let us know how you feel about all this stuff. And we will see you in the next episode of Cover, Cover B. B. Peace out, y'all. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! 2020, be nice. Please.